0: This is a Squiz podcast, where your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday, the 29th of October. In your Squiz today, Japan heads to the polls, more restrictions ease for Victoria, pallet gate, and getting your Prezies in the post. This is your Squiz today. Japan will head to the polls today, Claire. We love an election here at the Squiz, and you reckon this one is going to be pretty thrilling. So, you've made some big <laughs> promises here. But to set the scene, Japan is the world's third largest economy after the US and China. They're our closest partner in our region, and their current PM, Fumio Kishida, has only been on the job for a month after the surprise resignation of former Prime Minister Yoshihida Suga. So that's a bit of the background. Let's get into it. What are we watching for? So this election is for members of the lower house of the national
1: diet. That's what their parliament is called in Japan. Uh, It's called the House of Representatives. So it's quite similar to the setup in Australia. Uh, The House of Reps in Japan has 465 seats. So a party needs to claim 233 to hold a majority. Uh, Currently, the Liberal Democratic Party, party is in power. It has been for a really long time. The LDP, it's called, it holds 276 seats at the moment. Uh, So it does have a majority. It also has the support of a coalition party. Uh, But what pundits say is that it's likely to lose its majority uh, in this election. So that really shakes things up in Japan.
0: So 233 seats needed to win to hold on to that majority. And with COVID, the economy, recent leadership changes in the LDP, all could be creating an appetite for change. What's interesting this time around is how the opposition parties have mobilised and joined forces for this election.
1: Yeah, they've worked together in a way and coordinated their candidates that hasn't been seen before. So pundits are really excited about what that might actually do in terms of voter preference also keeping in mind in japan uh, about 40 percent of the electorate goes in undecided that's what the polling says this election and they're also expecting a very low turnout of voters so look it's all up in the air Uh, if the ldp is significantly challenged it is a big thing for the country
0: all right, so a big election to watch. Long-time squizzers will know that you like to pair a drink with your election-watching, Claire. What's on the ice this weekend?
1: <laughs> oh, look, it's a Sunday, so it's a work day for me, Ooh. so I don't drink too much. But, look, I might have to go around to the bottle shop and get a couple of Asahi Super
0: Dries. That might be a nice way to spend Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, election-watching and a beer, how good. <laughs> On to COVID news now, and it's a mixed situation currently in Victoria, Clare. On the one hand, the state recorded its highest ever daily death toll yesterday with 25 deaths. Case numbers are also still high, but coming just under the 2,000 mark for the first time in a while. On the other hand, more restrictions are set to ease from 6pm tonight. So Victoria is expected to hit an
1: 80% vaccination rate today uh, and that's why those restrictions are set to ease. Uh, From 6 o'clock, masks are off outdoors. They're no longer mandatory. Also, non-essential businesses and gyms can open. Uh, Another thing, people who have been in Melbourne and unable to leave that city since July, uh, mm. will be able to get into regional Victoria.
0: Oh, that's going to be good. Enjoy those road trips, Victoria. Over to New South Wales, where the ICAC hearings into former Premier Gladys Berejiklian continue. They're looking into whether her relationship with former MP Daryl Maguire created a conflict of interest when it came to awarding grants worth millions of dollars while she was treasurer. Daryl Maguire gave his testimony yesterday, Claire. Yeah, pretty uncomfortable day all
1: round to have to listen to him describe Mm -hmm. his relationship with Berejiklian. He said that the two had been in love and that they had discussed marriage and having children. Berejiklian has previously said that they did have a close personal relationship, but she's also said that she would never speak to him again. Now, when we look at the actual substance of the claims of Berejiklian's conduct in office, there were phone calls played in the hearing yesterday uh, where Maguire urged Berejiklian to throw money at Wagga uh, for projects and that is something that over that phone call she agreed to do. So there's lots of questions for her today.
0: Yeah she will be in front of the commission today. The hearings are likely to continue into next week. Luckily we published that shortcut on summits yesterday. It means everyone should be fully across all the summit talk we're about to have. First up Australia has signed a new security deal with ASEAN Claire.
1: Yeah, it's the first comprehensive strategic partnership that ASEAN and those nations in that block have done. Australia has happily signed up to that, saying that it's going to strengthen our relationships in the region.
0: And moving on to the G20, which kicks off tomorrow, Prime Minister Scott Morrison is in Rome for this one. Climate change, recovering from the pandemic and curbing misinformation on social media, all on the agenda.
1: Yeah, also on the agenda will be a perhaps face-to-face meeting with his French counterpart. Emmanuel Macron. Uh, Of course, the pair have had a really difficult few weeks uh, (laughs) after the announcement of the AUKUS security pact. They've had a warm-up phone call that happened yesterday and what Macron has said is that it's in Australia's interest that they do a lot to get France
0: back on side. And just one more summit to mention COP26, of course. US President Joe Biden will be attending without a formal climate policy in place. That's part of a big spending policy that he's worked to get his party on board with not across the line just yet and if you haven't yet caught our shortcut on summits it'll get you across the background to a lot of these big meetings search for squiz shortcuts in your episode notes on to pallet gate now claire and a shortage of pallets the wooden block things that are used to transport goods around picked up by a forklift you know the deal could impact the supply of fresh fruit and groceries over the next coming months Pallets are really important
1: when it comes to moving lots of things around, but particularly fresh food and groceries. Uh, the supply chain really depends on them when you're getting things from producers uh, to the retailers, and then the retailers into their stores. And there's a shortage of them at the moment, and that's because of the lockdowns in New South Wales and Victoria, uh, also wood shortages, uh, and the panic buying during the last couple of years has mean that pallets are really in short supply. Uh, what Woolworths and Coles have done is join forces with the Australian Food and Grocery Council. They want a pallet task force mm-hmm. and they want more of them
0: back in circulation. So if you're a uni student and your bed base is currently made out of a pallet, <laughs> could be worth a little bit now. Very valuable. We've got a bit of a public service announcement with this story, Claire. Australia Post has warned that the 13th of December is the latest, that you can send any Christmas parcels by regular post and hope that they arrive in time.
1: Yeah, that's for East Coasters. You really do need to get everything packaged up and in that parcel service by the middle of December if you have any hope of getting it to where it needs to go by Christmas time. If you're looking at Western Australia or the top end, it's the 8th of December. I reckon Larissa, that means that's really good permission to start mega internet shopping pretty much from now (laughs) because it's going to take all that time to get the internet stuff to
0: you and then on to your friends. So get cracking. Don't need an excuse to do internet shopping. Does seem crazy that we're talking about Christmas already, which is a good segue to one of our Friday lights this week, Claire, a gift guide from The Strategist. We're big fans of this.
1: Yeah, they really do put a whole lot of stuff together and – really new ideas. I'm always Mm. looking for something a little bit different and there's usually some really great suggestions.
0: Yeah, they've got lists for under 25 bucks, one that's for extremely 2020 gifts, though I think we'd all like to forget 2020 beauty roundups, lots of good things. As for the recipe recommendation this week, it's an avocado, edamame and lemon dip looks super tasty and of course there's plenty of avos about at the moment head to the squiz today email to find friday lights or i'll put links in your episode notes as well squiz today claire or the weekend what are you keeping an eye on can you believe it's been a year today since sean connery's
1: death mm. just feels like five minutes ago and five years ago all at all at the same
0: time it's one of those 2020 things wasn't mm. it For me, it's the 31st of October on Sunday, so it's Halloween. Get your costumes on or your COVID-safe bowl of candy ready, depending on which side of the trick-or-treat fence you're on. And, of course, a shout-out today to all the teachers for World Teachers Day. Jump on that free trial of Squiz Kids for schools by the end of today and you could win access for your school for a whole year. I'll pop more details in your episode notes. Have a great weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday. (music) Oh <music>